I'm Kevin Gibbons, and this is SEO in 2023. Kevin, what's your number one SEO tip for 2023? So it's having a clear content strategy, and it's interesting because we arranged this interview, I don't know, six weeks ago or something, and in between, Google have obviously announced a helpful content update. And to be honest, I've always been a strong advocate of having a very clear content strategy, investing properly in how you produce your content and making sure that you're doing everything in a way that can attract potential customers across the journey. So having the right content strategy for me means you have a full content audit. You don't create content until you know what you have already and how well it's performing. You do a gap analysis against competitors and understand where the opportunity is for you to grow. And then you really invest in content to make sure that it's working for you. It's not just a tick box exercise of, do we have a page about this topic? It's like, actually, how does that engage with your customers? So happy to dig into kind of the steps in each component of that. But really at a top level, it's very much investing in content to make that work for your site in the right way. So you talk about a gap analysis versus your competitors. Going back, I guess, to the very beginning of that, how do you establish who your competitors are? So the way we do it is we've actually got some in-house tools that we use that looks at a set of keywords. And depending on the brand and the niche, that could be 100 keywords up to tens or even hundreds of thousands. And based on that analysis, you will then start to see trends of which competitors rank highly and have the strongest visibility for those set of keywords. So that will definitely help. There's external tools on the market that you can use, of course, that would show you visibility and how that ranks versus competitors and who the uh, the most relevant and uh, yeah kind of where the overlap is against competitors but we normally do that based on the keyword set that we want to rank for and then we build outwards from there so that we can see what those those brands are and I think the challenge otherwise is unless you know the keywords you either rule out competitors so quite often a lot of people say oh Amazon aren't our competitor because they do everything and like Actually, Amazon are your competitor because if you sell trainers, for example, well, so do Amazon. So you you don't want to compare your own performance against Amazon for everything that Amazon do. Of course, like if you don't sell books, then why track their performance for books? That that just makes no sense. But if you have a a niche product and Amazon are ranking number one, equally, why would you discredit them? So if it's done on a keyword basis, it's about the visibility of those keywords and the brands that are most relevant and performing highly for those keywords. So that's the the first step. And yeah, from now, you could then build build outwards. But for us, it's very much on a a keyword basis and at scale so that you can notice the trends. And equally, you might find... This is very common. You might find you have multiple product lines and you have different competitor sets across those product lines. So you, if you're a fashion retailer, you might sell jeans for men and you might sell dresses for women, for example. And you'd expect that there'd be some competitors that also do both of those. But equally, you'll also have brands that are very niche and specific. So you have to factor that in, firstly, at a top level, but secondly, down to a product level as well. So if you're a brand that's just getting established, you don't have much content, what's the best content to start off with? Is it 
content that you've decided that there are gaps for, i.e. your competitors are, aren't actually really providing that kind of content, that they're not really ranking for keywords associated to that kind of content, or are you better off just writing about the key content that is directly related to what you do as a business? So I wouldn't start with the gaps. I would start with your customers. So what's the most important topics for them? Google Ads is still something that I would go to very much in the early stages because in Google Ads, obviously, you can see how much revenue you're making at a keyword level. So, um, yeah, there's kind of much more data available around that versus organic search. And equally, you can understand, obviously, from your own analytics from an organic perspective, which pages are making you the most money. Obviously, there's ways to link that up with Search Console and get keyword data as well. But, yeah, I'd, I'd very much start with your own audience. What is it that you're finding converts the best. So if you think of it from, yeah, kind of awareness, consideration and conversion stages of the funnel, I would start backwards. And by backwards, I mean conversion. So what is it that's going to drive you sales? Quite often that could be branded keywords or product keywords. And sometimes people even overlook that. You might find that people just assume, oh, it's our brand, it's our product, we're number one. And that's not always the case. I would start by making sure you are number one. And if you can also secure number two and some snippets and featured, uh, yeah, featured snippets around that as well. Definitely try to maximize and own those pages as much as you can and then start to look at what are your top converting keywords? What are the ones that's going to drive sales and revenue? And then your content strategy becomes prioritized by value in terms of the revenue that will be brought into the site. And then you can start building out in terms of awareness topics. So certainly there will be some gaps. You probably haven't nailed 100% of what your customers want to be finding you for uh, or what you may be relevant for. But I would start with understanding what do you have already? How well does it work? Find any gaps between your own PPC and your SEO, because if there's keywords that are performing well, some of the best opportunities you might have content for already is just not doing enough. So if it's on page two, for example, and you can tip that over to the edge onto page one, that's for me an initial starting point of saying, okay, well, we know this will convert. We've got data that shows that when you get traffic for these pages or these type of keywords, it always converts highly. So let's get more traffic from what we have already. And that could be you invest in that content, you build it out and you make it as strong as possible versus competitors. Sometimes the metrics can be a bit flawed as well. It's not just about traffic. It could be about, or it's not just about rankings either. It could be, how do you get more of a click-through rate from your existing pages? It could be, how do you improve your conversion rate, lengthen your average time on site, reduce the bounce rate, etc. So investing in content from a user perspective and a customer perspective is really important so that you can get more out of it. And it, again, conversion rate optimization would overlap here as well. It could be that you can turn a page into kind of more revenue without actually increasing traffic. So there's a lot to look at in what you have already. And then I would go on to the gaps afterwards, but definitely don't create any new content until you audit and you understand what you have, because it's quite possible that you will already have pages around the topics that you need to be writing about, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be working to its full effect. Now, in addition to the gaps, you're also talking about have a look at seasonality trends. So what software do you use to have a look at seasonality trends and what are you looking for? I think Google Trends is actually pretty good. And like Google's own data 
is useful. Certainly, if it's a client, we would look at their analytics. So what are the trends that we see from a traffic perspective? We do some market research insights for the e-commerce sector where we understand what the trends are. And that includes, we've actually done a an interview ourselves with the head of retail at KPMG so that we understand not just seasonality, but also economic trends that could be coming for different subsectors as well. But yeah, I, I think very much knowing from a search volume perspective what's popular in different areas. I mean, some are, are more obvious if it's the typical recurring seasonal events. Like Christmas is pretty predictable in terms of uh, when people are going to start shopping. But there could be others that you're just seeing that actually it's more of an economic trend that people are searching for. I know like in COVID, for example, DIY and home and garden furniture was something that had a big spike, online groceries, that type of thing, whereas luxury fashion may have gone the other way. So knowing not just the seasonality of what happens year on year on year, but also in terms of the economic climate, will things be changing as well? And then you can you can factor in to your prioritization. But you're right, certainly if it's seasonal as a product, if you're a fashion brand and you're advertising winter wear in May, you're probably, certainly if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, not going to be doing particularly well. And But equally, you don't want to leave it too late when it does come around. So, so yeah, that's something that you want to bear in mind in terms of your prioritization of when you focus on these so that you can secure the rankings in the right way that it would get traffic. So yeah, an investment in that content. And and equally, again, thinking about people, if your blog, for example, is full of content about winter fashion in summer, because you're trying to secure rankings ready for winter, who's going to read that? So again, you've got to think about the timing from a, a customer perspective, as well as not just lining everything up for Google. Okay, so so you've done all those um, this research on what you should be writing about, where the gaps are, where the seasonality trends are, um, all these conversations with people internally, probably with the clients that you're working for as well. The next step is to create a roadmap on moving forward and actually how to close the gap. What does this roadmap look like and, and how often should you revisit it? So I think what you would do as a combination of the audits and the gap analysis is to create a forecast. And that's where you can see what's the potential upside of you doing this. And Because quite often, brands won't know how much to budget for this. Um, or they might have a fixed budget, but is that the right budget? And I think if you were to say, okay, you could do it in a way that you have a fixed budget, but what's the best way to get value from that budget? And then you build the roadmap around it. Or you could say, here's the opportunity for you to grow, and then it's up to you how much we do of that. And that would factor the roadmap as well. If you've got a low budget and you want to create tens of thousands of pages, that's obviously not going to work. So you might have to say, okay, what's the 80-20 rule? How do we really focus on getting the most bang for your buck essentially in terms of what you're trying to achieve? And then that roadmap would be built with, firstly, you'd prioritize by value. What's the revenue opportunity of different pages and topics? And then once you know what that revenue opportunity is, Definitely overlay seasonality because to the earlier point, you definitely don't want to, you don't want to be waiting 12 months for that to turn into revenue. You want it to be kind of a shorter term impact. So certainly have that that lined up at a time that it's relevant so that you can build it into your roadmap. But understand the capability that you have and the budget that you have on the production side. Because if you had a full content strategy that looked at absolutely everything you could do and you don't have the internal resource resource of copywriters or you don't have the budget externally externally to create that content then 
you're wasting your time to a certain extent. So there's different challenges that you would face further down the line. So being conscious of that, building a forecast, building a case for if we had an uncapped budget, this is how much we would do versus actually this is what your budget is. How do we use that in the best way possible? Then then you can prioritize and you can make sure that's used in the best way. So yeah, certainly take seasonality into account and look at how far you can go. And then I, I think one big thing from that would be how do you invest in the right way to make sure you've got content that is good enough to rank against your competitors. It's not just how far does this budget spread so that we can create as many pages as possible because then you're playing the game of how much content can you get for the budget. And in that that game, the cheapest copywriter wins, but in Google, quite often the highest quality content wins. So again, it's it's making sure that you're aligned in what you're doing and why you're doing it. You've talked a couple of times about not wanting to wait too long for rankings to actually come to fruition. So how do you actually forecast how long it's likely to take to achieve the rankings that you want to get? Yeah, really good question. And I think that will, I almost said it depends. I hate saying that. (laughs) Um, But it will be based upon the difficulty against competitors. So again, if you take Amazon as a competitor, if you're trying to outrank them for book titles and you've got a lot of competitors alongside them and you're a startup, then okay, that's that's not going to be an overnight success. However, if it's, a more niche product and the competitors are fairly light, maybe outside the top two or three, then you would forecast that in and say, okay, well, realistically, we think we can get to page one for these terms within six months. We think we can get to top three within 12 months. And it's taking that competition into account because like I say, if, you, if you're up against, like fashion is a really good example. If you're in our e-commerce report, I think we have about 50 brands just for fashion retailers alone and trying to just become part of that top 50 is really difficult so if you think about that as a an opportunity to rank for the most competitive terms like black dress blue jeans etc it's not going to be easy so the difficulty is really important and i think the sweet spot you'd be aiming towards is where's the highest volume where you have a realistic chance of winning and by realistic chance i mean over over the next six to 12 months, ideally, if you could do that within the next six, I'd, I always like to think about how you can think long term, but start to show progress against that and start to show an ROI against your efforts and work so that you can prove that this is working and it's on the right track and it's sustainable from a budget perspective because you're self-funding and reinvesting the profits from your work into getting you into higher positions longer term. You've shared what SEO should be doing in 2023. So now let's talk about what SEO shouldn't be doing. So what's something that's seductive in terms of time, but ultimately counterproductive? Something that SEO shouldn't be doing in 2023? I think SEOs can often get too tactical. And I think that you have to start with a strategy. I, I wouldn't look at any tactics until you know the strategy of where you're going. And I think SEO can sometimes, you can focus too short term. So again, you need to be aware of algorithm updates. But Equally, know what has value to the business. Understand what it is that you're trying to achieve. So if you're looking to maximize revenue, then look at how you can focus around those top converting keywords. And it's not necessarily always the the tactical items. So I think it's very much how do you focus with a longer term vision and obviously a, a plan that works towards that in the short, medium, long term. 
but don't get too distracted by everything that's happening kind of in terms of the tactics around it. So so understand what it is that you're trying to achieve and work backwards. And, and like I say, I think from feeding this back into the content strategy perspective, there's two ways of doing things. One is you can maximize traffic. Two is you can maximize revenue. And I think for me, maximizing revenue is actually easier because you're focusing your effort behind what's going to work for that brand, not necessarily what's just competitive and popular in Google. So don't get too distracted by, yeah, kind of what everyone else is talking about and just focus again on the business metrics. And I, I think you, but you'd certainly help to delight your clients because you're making them money. And that, that's the most important thing. So keep in focus, I think is really key. And not losing focus on the flip side is the, the thing that I would recommend trying to like bring it back into those key points yeah exactly (laughs) Kevin Gibbons is founder and CEO at Resignal and you can find him over at resignal.com Kevin thanks so much for being part of SEO in 2023 okay happy to be involved thanks David get your copy of SEO in 2023 the book over at seoin2023.com 